Will you stand with me as we read our gospel lesson today from Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. Jesus has uh, been baptized in the River Jordan, and we pick up the story here at chapter 4. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of Man, or Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. Then the devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all the authority and splendor. It has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will be yours. Jesus answered, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand at the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, Throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you and guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. But Jesus answered, It is said, Do not put the Lord God to the test. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. This is a word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be, be to, God. to God. You may be seated. Thank you, Alan. And good morning, Faith Westwood. Blessings in this Lenten journey to those worshiping in person as well as those who are worshiping online today. This season of Lent is 40 days, inviting us to draw closer to God and Christ and the Holy Spirit. And we can do that through intentional worship, study, and service. Now, to, to assist you in these endeavors, after worship today, those on site are invited to pick up the new Go Study Guide that is for faith groups and for individuals, the Lenten Schedule Overview, as well as the Greater Love Offering Box. And if you, did, if you did not receive those on Ash Wednesday. Now, for those online, I want to remind you that those resources are available online. So please check out our website and also watch the Faith Connect for additional ways to connect with those resources. But also want to remind you that if you would like a Greater Love Offering Box, you can pick those up during business hours during the week. Would you join me in prayer? Almighty God, open our ears that we may hear your word. Open our eyes that we may see your glory in our midst. Open our hearts that we might know your spirit's presence with us in these moments. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Let it flow. Now, since January, we have adopted this phrase as we have encountered stories where God's people have been thirsting for water and for righteousness. In addition, we've been able to claim how the gift of water inspires, blesses, refreshes, and sometimes even challenges us. Last week, we remembered when Jesus was baptized. Now, Jesus did not need that baptism, did he? Didn't have to have it. 
He didn't have to have it like those who went in the wilderness to see John the Baptist, like the others who were baptized. They were baptized for the repentance and for forgiveness of their sins. Jesus had no need to repent, but his baptism was important to be affirmed as God's beloved son. So as we conclude the Let It Flow series today, we remember that after his baptize, baptism, Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit, led by that spirit into the wilderness where he was tempted by, by who? The devil. Now, we are going to intentionally reflect on these temptations and how we might be thirsting for the living water in this Lenten season. In a few moments, I'm also going to welcome Marilyn Berryman to join me to share her testimony and how she has learned to let it flow. Now, the details found in the Gospel of Luke are important. For 40 days, 40 days, Jesus was tempted and tested by the devil. Remember that since the false story in Genesis chapter 3, we know the true nature of the devil. He's sneaky and crafty and stretches the truth to get what he wants. We do not know the nature, exact nature of the tempting and testing for 40 days, but most likely the devil was preying on the fact that even though Jesus was also fully divine, he was fully human. The first temptation then is about what one needs. The devil knows that Jesus has been in the wilderness for 40 days. If he is human, he is hungry. And the word tells us that Jesus was indeed hungry. The devil then perceives that Jesus is in need. Devil says, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. The devil knows again that Jesus needs food. And at this point, we cannot entirely argue with the devil it's reasonable to assume that Jesus who has been out been without any food or sustenance truly does need something to eat Jesus says it is written man shall not live on bread alone Jesus knows that it is wisdom that can fill one's soul more than any food Jesus was raised in a Jewish home and we can be certain that he ate some tasty bread Yet he was also found in his father's house as a tween. We know that he was well educated in the scriptures, the Torah, the book of the law, as well as the Psalms and the Proverbs. We learn from this first temptation that the devil will try to feed on your need. Think about what we mean when we say things like, I need more money or I need more of this or more of that. We think that we need more things or certain things to make us happy. But God has something else in mind. The Bible tells us that God is going to provide for all of our needs. We just have to learn to be content and satisfied with enough so that God can show us that we are truly blessed and that we have been given more than enough. When Jesus resisted Satan, we see what we really need. We need the wisdom that comes from the word of God. Now, the second temptation is about what one gets. The devil knows that he needs to up the ante with Jesus. So the devil takes Jesus to a really high mountain. He shows him all of the kingdoms of the world. The devil says, I will give you all of this if you will worship me. Notice that the devil has now placed a condition on what he is offering. 
You get anything you want if you do this. Jesus says it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Jesus insists that God is the only one that he will worship and serve. Jesus has come into the world to announce God's kingdom and, and what it is about fulfilling God's wants for the world. And that is not about having wealth and power and control. It is about loving God and loving neighbor. It's about doing good. It's about making a difference. We learn from this second temptation that the devil will try to feed on what you think you get if you do this and that. Think about what we mean when we say, if I work a little harder and longer, I will get more money and then I'll get to spend more time with my family. If I miss church, I get to sleep in. But if I go to church, I get my free pass to heaven. Yikes. <laughs> like Jesus, when we are facing these temptations, we need to remember that if God is not our focus, we will not be able to have the kind of relationships with God and with Jesus Christ that we desire. And we certainly won't be able to handle the temptations that come our way. Now, the third temptation is about what one can do. The devil wants to test Jesus further. After all, if Jesus is the Son of God, he has something to prove. The devil then takes Jesus to the temple in Jerusalem, to the highest point of that temple, to see what he can do. Devil says something like this. If you are who you say you are, then throw yourself off the temple because the angels will catch you. Jesus quoted scripture to the devil, and now the devil fights back with scripture, reminding Jesus that his life would be spared. Are you surprised that the devil knows scripture? Tradition and legend combined tell us that the devil was once an angel on God's team. Of course he knows scripture. Jesus can throw caution to the wind, says the devil. And we have to consider that the devil has a point. Jesus could throw himself off the temple. And yes, the angels would catch him. But for what purpose? And for whose glory? Jesus says, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Jesus insists that even his human side can have self-control and he can make decisions that glorify God. If Jesus did what the devil said, then who was really in control? That's right. It would be the devil dictating what God could and should do. No, it doesn't work like that. God is in ultimate control and Jesus recognizes that everything that he will do in ministry, including the miracles of, of healing and the amazing teaching, must glorify the one who sent him. We learn from this third temptation that the devil will try to feed on what you think you can do. Think about what we mean when we say, I can drive as fast as I can. I can eat just one piece of chocolate. Or around here, I can eat just half a donut. <laughs> or what about our absolute favorite? I can do it all by myself. 
you know, sometimes we are under the illusion that we are in control of our lives and everything in them. The devil is going to push us where we are most confident and self-assured and where we are most likely going to lose control. We can resist the temptation to always be in control and we can make decisions in our lives that give glory to God. So which of these temptations are you most likely to succumb? Your needs or what you get or what you can do? Robert Orban said, and I quote, most people would like to be delivered from temptation but would like it to keep in touch. (laughs) We have to admit that we fall too easily into temptation. Maybe that is why it is so important for us to pray in our family prayer, lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. Now the scripture passage tells us that when the devil had finished all this tempting, He left him until an opportune time. Today, we are invited to claim how Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit as he was led into the wilderness to be tempted. And Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit as he faced these three big temptations. Even before his public ministry began, Jesus conquers temptations with the word of God. And this is important to us too. So as we conclude, let it flow, we remember that when we are tempted, we can easily be depleted, even finding ourselves spiritually parched. Self-care is so important. Yet we are often tempted to let it go instead of letting it flow with Jesus. The word of God and the living water are our best resources. So how are we going to use them? Now, I have to share with you that on the last day of 2023, Marilyn Berryman came to me with some of her thoughts and reflections before we even began the Let It Flow series. I want to welcome Marilyn to join me to share her testimony. So would you please welcome Marilyn? Marilyn, we want you to share with us your your experience. Yep, there you go. We're going to make sure you got it on. Yep, push it up. There we go. There you go. I'm sorry. I told Pastor Cindy that I woke up on New Year's Eve morning, and I thought, here it is. 12, 31, 12, 31, 23, you probably all were reminded of that. I lay there thinking about, so what changed in my life between 1, 1, 23 and 12, 31, 23? The biggest change was I was in Maui celebrating my 76th birthday. And I had been there for two days, loving the waterfalls and the flowers, the ocean. It was wonderful. It was the birthday that I really had planned. I planned it. 
Everything was going great. And on my birthday night, we went to a seaside restaurant, and I sat by the window and looked, looked out and saw the moon shining down on the water. And it was just beautiful, just as I had planned. And then reality slapped me in the face. I walked out of that restaurant and immediately collapsed into the arms of my brother, breaking my ankle and my leg. And I lay there until the ambulance showed up. And I took a harrowing ride across the island of Maui and spent three days in the hospital there, only to be told I have to go back to Omaha for surgery and took three flights to get home. During that time, I thought, this wasn't my plan. This is not how I was gonna have my birthday. So when I got to the hospital, the leg and the ankle were repaired, and I finally got to talk to my cardiologist. What happened? I was a perfectly healthy person, snorkeling and swimming and doing things, and here I am. And he said, it's simple. You have AFib. And I said, how did that happen? Well, you got dehydrated. You didn't drink enough water. Here you were enjoying all those sights and the swimming and the sun, and you got dehydrated. When you got dehydrated, you went into AFib. Hmm. Such a simple thing, water. I needed water. My body needed water. There were signs God sent me along the way to say, you're thirsty, you need to drink. But I ignored them. I knew better. Nothing was going to interrupt my plans. But I got a wake-up call from God. I decided that I needed to work on my connection with God. I needed to see what his plan was for me. Dehydration. You think about it. You think about what happens in not only your body, but in your life as a result. I thought a lot of times in the hospital about what I could do differently. And I thought, you know, I'm really spiritually dehydrated. I was not refilling my spiritual life the way I should. I met you in the hospital shortly after I arrived. I met you in the hospital, and it was the second time that you had AFib, and you were there in the hospital. Would you share with us some of your feelings and, emotional, and emotions in that moment? Well, I was pretty depressed <laughs> to have it happen the second time. But I found out I had been truly blessed by this church. That was God's plan. 
People sent cards, came to visit, brought flowers, and most importantly, supplied food for my husband, who cannot cook. <laughs> and I was so blessed. I realized that that was God's plan. I was spiritually dehydrated, and I needed to connect more with those people he put in my life to make sure that my spirit was filled. My spirit, when I'm in trouble, I might look to God in prayer. And when my mouth gets dry, I may take a drink of water. Doesn't the Bible tell me of living water? Christ came to offer me living water. Sometimes I take a sip, appreciating the sunrise, enjoying the laughter of children. Sometimes I forget all the blessings that come to me without asking. Did I thank God for giving me my 76 years? A loving and caring husband, a beautiful family, for the daily blessings of friends who prayed for my healing and continue to pray for me daily. When I'm going through the heat of living, making plans, tackling necessary tasks, I must remember to not get spiritually dehydrated. As I remember to pray for those in need of God's care, my spiritual waters will be renewed. I need to replenish the water that I need by reading the Bible, spending time with Christian friends, seeking renewal in prayer. Perhaps I think of Jesus with the Samaritan woman at the well. That scene moves me every time I see it. I am her, and Christ offers me the living water. My task is to offer that water to others. God is in control, I'm not. You have a beautiful way of sharing and describing this spiritual dehydration. And yet, you know, as we've gone through this Let It Flow series, we have experienced so many scripture passages, right, that have reminded us about being parched and how we need to be thirsting for righteousness. In your reflection time, you found some really powerful scripture passages that shaped you in this journey. Would you share some of those scripture passages with us? Well, first of all, on January 1st, I pledged to read the Bible. And so I've been concentrating on Psalm. The first Psalm that I wrote down was Psalm 107, verse 6. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. And he certainly did deliver me. Psalms 42, verse 2. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet God? Mm. Psalm 68, 6. God sets the lonely in families 
and he leads out the prisoners with singing, but the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. And that's where I had been. Isaiah 41, 17 through 18 also spoke to me. The poor and needy search for water, but there is none. Their tongues are parched with thirst. But I, the Lord, will answer them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. I will make rivers flow on barren heights and springs within the valleys. I will turn the desert into pools of water and the parched ground into springs. And I felt I'd been in my desert, and I was so relieved for the water that came from God. You all know and are familiar with Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. The final passage is another one from Psalms. And I want you to reflect with this as I read it. Reflect on these words and what they might mean to you. I spread out my hands to you. I thirst for you like a parched land. Answer me quickly, Lord. My spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me, or I will be like those who go down to the pit. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, for to you I entrust my life. Thank you, Marilyn, for your testimony. Thank you. Marilyn truly has learned what it means to thirst for water and for righteousness and what it means to let it flow. As we have claimed what it means to let it flow, let's get ready as we are entering right into this Lenten season to claim the living water. Let's get ready to go. Let us pray. Gracious and almighty and everlasting God, we do face temptations each and every day. God, help us to remember your word. Help us to claim the living water to fill us and to allow us to face these temptations with confidence and with faith and with hope. And God, when we are physically dehydrated, we know to take a sip of water. But when we are spiritually dehydrated, God, you give us everything we need right in front of us, but sometimes it's hard for us to take hold of that which will fill us. As we have learned what it means to let it flow, may we not be spiritually dehydrated, but may we be filled with your living water in this 40 days to reflect, to grow, to learn, and to be strengthened. God, be with all who are grieving this day. For those who are seeking, for those who are trusting, for those who are in need and in want. May our spiritual priorities be placed in order. 
And God, whether we give things up or whether we take things on, help us to make this a holy Lent. God, all of this we pray in the name of the living water who taught his disciples to pray together a family prayer saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.